Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. And we are all back in our our, our original uh, homes. So, but, we're home. I, we're home. And so I am your host, Ryan Witty Whitledge. And joining me, as always, is Brandon Goldner. Goldner, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm pretty good. The sun is out. It's not 110 degrees. That's always good news. I was outside, like, trimming some um, some wisteria or some some kind of viney thing that like right around July just starts growing super quick um, and so you have to cut it back or else it kind of dominates your entire house and it's quite pleasant outside yeah I'm, I'm liking it quite a bit yeah I mean it's uh let's see so two weeks ago I was in Vegas last week I was out camping lakeside so yeah I had told the wife uh I don't want to make any plans because uh I miss just lounging on my couch and vegging out and you know watching tv so Dude, I think I we made that. I think we may loosely have something planned for later in the evening, but for the most part, I just want to be a lazy asshole right now. I honestly, when I plan vacations, I try really hard to have like a buffer day where it's like you come back and you can just decompress or we've talked about like unpacking before, but I'm totally with you. Like I need to recharge. Um, that's important to me. And uh, yeah, so yeah, whether you like to do stuff and go out and have fun or whether you like just to sit home and veg out and play Super Nintendo like I do on my computer, any way that you take care of yourself and recover is important, particularly if the things that bring you joy are somewhat stressful. Uh, and we would know a little <laughs> something about that. I, this all is right. my transition to you. I'm handing off. Uh, the, oh, that was a horrible. Out of all the segues you've ever done. I know, it was that, pretty bad. That was, that was harsh. I actually, so let me let me babble for a second while you can collect your thoughts. I, I said the things that bring you joy. A shout out to Mike Richmond of the Locked On Podcast. He does a segment every Friday about, he asked people to send in what is it about the Blazers of the team that brings you joy. And I really appreciated the one that he had this week with someone whose partner um, lives lives internationally or she lives internationally and they have been able to see each other because of COVID, but the Blazers have brought them together. And I just think that that's really, really neat. And it is kind of like, on the one hand, it's great that for a lot of people and for me, basketball is somewhat of an escape. It's supposed to be something fun and interesting that I can focus on that's not super heavy or stressful. And it is kind of a bummer on the other hand that the Blazers lately have felt to me heavy and stressful and not as much fun as it should be. And so with that, what might we know about that, given what's happened this week, Ryan, handing off the topic to you? Much better. By the way, quick aside, I also feel it massively appropriate being a Blazers fan that the moment of joy is brought to you by an alcohol sponsor. Oh, is it really? <laughs> Who's the sponsor? It's, it's Michelob. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you want a little bit of uh, water with a hint of alcohol, uh, get yourself yeah. a Michelob. Michelob, yeah, so sponsor us. Yes. Anybody, <laughs> anybody sponsor us. I'll, I'll take, I mean, if my neighbor wants to hand me a couple bucks, but uh, all right. So, <laughs> so th this week, I mean, for one, I, I think at this point we are 62 or 63 days removed from the Blazers being on the tail end of a five game win streak that, uh, uh, that ended with them beating Utah. God, Which was that, like one of the best teams in the league at the time. Exactly. And that feels like it may have been seven months ago. But so this week, it just, this was a massive pile on. Like last week, we ended up getting a little bit of reprieve from the Neil O'Shea press conference and the, and the, and the mishandling of that. I think a lot of us thought that most of this stuff would just kind of maybe die down. The Blazers 
organization obviously thought nobody would care after that press conference. But Monday, uh, Defector comes out with an article that fully detailed all the publicly available information. I think they had some freedom of information requests that that uh, came about with some of this information. But regarding all of the Billups, Mercer, Walker assault allegations, all the motions that attorneys filed and whatnot, and a lot of people found found that stuff kind of. Are very damning because it did come off as though there were so many motions to suppress and delay and all this stuff. I got a buddy of mine who's an attorney. He deals in similar cases. He's like, yeah, that's that's not necessarily uh, like a a bad thing. That's yeah. uh, that's that's good lawyering. So, but people are free to make up their opinions on that either way. Um, I, I but yeah. really quick, I would second what your friend said. That's just part of the legal process, for better or for worse. You're obviously going to do everything you can to help your defense no matter what it is you're defending. And so I don't mm-hmm. see that as an admission of guilt or anything like that. But anyway, yeah, good to know. Yeah. 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 And and so with that, it was kind of it was kind of nice to have a little well, I don't know if nice is the right word, but uh, it was it was it was good to have a little more that full in in-depth detail that kind of the defector went into. Um, but I, I at this point in time, I think most people, and I don't know the right way to word this, are are kind of past the allegations per se like you've already made up your mind you already have your side of the fence on where you stand i don't think anything's going to sway anybody either way and at this point in time it it is what it is as far as his hiring there he's got a five-year deal stats is still on the payroll they just inked chauncey for another five if they fire him tomorrow guess what that four years guaranteed that you're now on the hook for two coaches that, who aren't coaching so he's anything, not getting fired tomorrow he's I'll not just, he's spoiler not, alert yeah, he's not getting fired, and so that's where we stand. And then Tuesday, the most damning article of the week comes out, and that is uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting. Uh, um, I don't know if whenever anybody reads OPB, if they just immediately finish that off with, you know me. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, if you grew up in Oregon, you've heard enough OPB fundraiser drives to know that OPB is Oregon Public Broadcasting. But, yeah, yes. shout out to our yeah. local radio journalists. You all do great work. Yeah, and so they come out with an article that uh, details all the steps that the Blazers did not take uh, during their proprietary thorough investigation into the Billups background and the related sexual assault. And uh, that that was probably one of the most damning things of the week. Uh, Wednesday, we all got to take take the day to digest that and discuss that. Thursday, really quick, can we are we can we can I hit on that or are we going to go back to it? We'll go back to it. We'll go back to it. So Wednesday is the breathing day. Thursday, uh, Willamette Weekly, uh, thanks to a Reddit thread, does a full deep dive into (laughs) the investigator who was in charge of the Billups vetting. And it was revealed that he had as recently as April shared Everything from pornographic images and GIFs, uh, anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and anti-BLM posts fully aligning with the thin blue line. And he was let go of his 11-year-long contract, him and his company, with the team. So we're uh, everybody's left to ponder like, okay, so we just got this article the other day talking about how the investigation sucked. And now we find out that this isn't necessarily the type of person you want looking into sexual assault allegations and vetting a person. So, okay. And the team, you know, did let him go. Friday morning, we wake up and uh, in my email box at 6.33 in the morning is uh, Henry Abbott, his True Hoop newsletter, and he published a story, kind of like a little snippet of uh, how we got here, but it, a big part of that was a source in Lillard's camp said Dame would be requesting a trade from the Blazers within the days to come. 
Chris Haynes, a little later in the day, puts out a sit-down interview he did with Dame the day before, asking him about his future in Portland. It didn't necessarily fully dispute the uh, the Abbott article, but at the time, I don't think he knew he needed to. Uh, he did put the snippet in there that said Lillard will address all these things um, in a press conference later in the day. Dame came out with a team USA press conference that I think almost everybody was freaking out about finding a way to stream. And once all the local radio stations <laughs> found out there is zero problem with them carrying it live, all of them did. And uh, also you shout know, out to KGW that actually streamed it on YouTube, which is how I ended up watching it. Oh, they did. Okay, that's good. I wasn't sure if anybody carried the live Zoom feed. I, I was at work, and so I was at first, I, I heard that 750 the game was going to be carrying it. So I switched over to their, their live link and heard a very odd conversation by Peter Sampson, who I normally don't have an issue with, but that was a very deep dive into a Greg Oden penis joke that I was not prepared for. Didn't that come <laughs> about because a caller was trying to troll him about it? I thought, I, I tuned in a little later. I don't know. Shout out to yes. Peter. I like Peter quite a bit, but I agree. I actually yeah. tuned in somewhere around that part and like what am i walking into exactly but yeah yeah anyway. and when at the time they're the only ones that were that we were told that we're going to be carrying it you're getting all the ears of portland in and i just it wasn't maybe the best look the ironic part is then 1080 the fan came out and said hey we'll be carrying it and uh i am a longtime listener of the fan and i remember getting into a twitter thing with somebody and i was like hey 1080 the fans carrying it and somebody was like oh well go go listen to it there unless you want to hear you know uh crude jokes and 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 bad bad you know greg odin penis humor or whatnot and i was like eh, it's a longtime listener of the fan that actually sounds like that's more up there alley, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alley but but whatever to each their own you know everybody picks it up and dame in that interview over the course of it we'll get into his quotes to finish this off gave uh what i deem his harshest criticism of blazers management to date yeah so yep. so, so, so where Ryan, do you want to pick was- up Quite Where do you a want to week. Pick up? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I well, we can start at the beginning if you'd like, and I'll I'll let you drive it. But my comment, kind of overarching, you you gave a really good summary. It was an exhausting week yet again. Being a Blazers fan again is somebody who wants to the, the stuff that I want to criticize about the team are things on the court tactical things, how the team is built. That kind of stuff is kind of fun for me. It sort of feels important, but it's not actually that important. When you're getting into stuff like sexual assault allegations, how a team seems to have turned a blind eye by way of not doing a very good job investigating something that they told us fans to trust them in their investigation of, when you're getting into the franchise player appears to be dissatisfied, that's not super fun for me. And so the last week, just to say, the way that you went through it, like it it, it brought my anxiety up yet again. And so I can't that's wait to start I'm talking about it. I'm here to stress everybody out. So, All right, let's start you at know, the top. We, we're... I don't think we need to go any more into the defector article because, like I said, people have made up their minds about, you know, the the Chauncey Billups stuff. It's it's there. I do. It's a very long read. And if you are if you aren't as well versed in in the details of the case or don't know much about it, I would say I would direct you to go find that article on defector and read it because it is very in-depth. Fair warning, a lot of legalese. There will be some times where you got to turn around and Google Google what some Latin shit means, but but if you want to know more, it's there. So I, w- I want to start at the OPB article because, you know, then that came out the next day. And again, it was detailing what the Blazers said that they did versus what they were able to verify they actually did. And the I think a lot of people took issue with the fact that you would think in this kind of situation that... Um, 
you would reach out to the or to the accuser to get her her take on it. Um, I was always a little you awkward about that. I was always a little awkward about that. Where I, you know, when you're hearing uh, abuse or abuse survivors and all that say that you know this is triggering, I'm like, maybe don't reach out to an abuse survivor then and and ask them follow up questions. But at the very least, maybe contact the attorney and be like, hey, that's what it is. So turn yeah, turns out that the Blazers did not even bother to contact the attorney. And that's that's the key part right there. And by the way, just to say, so OPB, I don't know how long they had been digging into this, at least some number of days, if not over a week. And they had two reporters on it, which, by the way, I mean, that is why local journalism matters, is that you have people whose full-time job it is to make connections, to contact people, to pull the threads together, because we wouldn't have known that otherwise. And to your point, yeah, the plaintiff's attorney has been her attorney the entire time. And by the way, this person, this attorney, this isn't some random, you know, Jimmy McGill better call Saul in the middle of a strip mall person that you have to find in Albuquerque. This is like a prestigious lawyer who had been on some kind of an oversight board, I think appointed by by President Obama, if I'm not mistaken. She has some prestigious standing at a uh, at a law school. This person is a quasi-public figure. They're yeah, not she, hard to find. Yeah, Margaret A. Uh, Burnham, uh, she is a, or a law professor and director of the Civil Rights and Restorative Justice Project at the Northwest or Northeastern School of Law in Boston. Um, and yes, yeah, she has headed up a, a civil rights and abuse victims uh, panel uh, appointed under Obama, and I think still in that role now under the Biden administration. But uh, you know, her the, her exact quote um, is that it's news to us that they conducted an investigation. I mean, she right. went on to she went on to say that no, they would not have been interested in in rehashing any of that, uh, and that they uh, they quote stand by the allegations. But again, it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you're going to tell us you did a thorough, in-depth, detailed investigation, there are a couple phone calls you can make. And as far as your timeline goes, from my understanding, there would be no reason to look into, did the Blazers actually vet or properly vet this person until that press conference that they held on the 29th? 13 days from that press conference until this article was published. So in less than two weeks, OPB was able to apparently find out more than the Blazers were in their investigation. Right. And that's that, that that's very troubling. And, and I just I want to hit the point that you made a little bit ago right on the head about, you know, contacting the plaintiff in this case and how, you know, something might be triggering. Because I heard somebody made this argument on Twitter and I really didn't appreciate it for this reason. I don't think that it's fair at all to equate the trauma that people may feel by seeing an accused abuser in power, equating that with contacting somebody's legal representative whose job it is to field questions like that or to just be the touch point if anyone did have a concern, a question, whether it was legal or journalistic, about that particular case. And again, this lawyer was not somebody that you couldn't find. They were pretty public. And so, yeah, I do think that that is a huge deal. The Blazers didn't do their due diligence. OPB, good job on your reporting. And yeah, it's just, I mean, and it's not like, I mean, we all kind of got that sense, didn't we, during the press conference where Neil O'Shea is not willing to talk about details of the investigation, who performed it. 
you know, what kinds of, of diligence they took in that investigation, told fans and reporters to just trust us that it was proprietary. We, we got the sense that maybe that was either because they were a little embarrassed about how it went or they didn't think they did a great job. And I, I'm speculating, but I think that kind of the proof is in the pudding and OPB, again, through the reporting, proved that in my view. And so I, I, I appreciate their work on that. Yeah. And then if you're not going to reach out to the to the, you know, the accuser or the accuser's legal representation, and even if they had the I don't know, had the thought of that. We, you know, we don't want to revisit a trauma for her because she did accuse him of these allegations or whatnot. If that's your crappy reasoning for not doing it, that's that whatever, just maybe say that. But if you go, uh, OPB goes on to say that, you know, retracing the steps, you know, one of her other attorneys, uh, uh, Jane Doe's other attorneys has Alzheimer's disease. Uh, uh, the defendant or one of the offendants attorneys, one of the other defendants, um, he passed away. Uh, another one of Billups representative said he hadn't spoken to him in years. And, uh, and then I think there was a, one of Mercer's attorneys says that he was never contacted about the investigation. So now you have it to where you didn't only not contact the accusers, you didn't contact all the defendants. And so now it just comes out seeming like you only spoke to Billups. Um, Berman herself was quoted in the article as saying, I'm probably the only lawyer left standing in the case. Um, but yeah, she... <laughs> These are people that you have to reach out to if you say, if you use the word investigation, that's part of my problem with this too, right? Because I yeah. think when you and I hear a word like investigation, we think of something that's very detailed, that's very meticulous, that's very serious, that's very thorough. This investigation was none of those things. Yeah. And now and we know that. Yeah, and the Blazers did at least reach out to the uh, the police department Um I can't remember the name of it at this time, and I'm not going to scroll through the article right now and try to find it, but they, they did at least reach out to the police department. But Massachusetts state law has a thing in there about assault and, a, and abuse cases and whatnot where they are not able to release any sort of public record or any of those records or videos or interviews, which is interesting because if you go back and look at some of the comments, they said that the investigator did re or watch video interviews and read documents and whatnot. Well, now we have the police department saying, I don't know what they watch because we didn't give them anything. Um, and probably the best person that it sounds like in all of this that they could have contacted is uh, is Thomas Riley, who is the former district attorney who led the investigation and declined to press criminal charges. Uh, OPB was able to get in touch with him. He said that, no, I did not talk to anybody in the Blazers organization, but he maintained Billups' innocence. Now, I will also say, take this with a grain of salt on if you want to believe that, because this is the same time, or the same person who, when he was attorney general um, of Massachusetts from 99 to 2007, uh, refused to press charges in the, Both or in the Boston Catholic Church sex scandal. So, wow. I mean, it, he's, for lack of a better term, he has a history of not pressing charges and in, in sexual abuse allegations, but that is what it is. But again, the, the team did not reach out to him. And, you know, he got rather combative with the OPB person saying, you and your colleague can continue to work this story until the cows come home, but you're not going to be able to change the bottom line. Mr. Billups is telling the truth and in the incident you referred to. So that's what journalists do, though. Like journalists make calls to people who have relevant information about the thing that they're researching and investigating. So, yeah, I think that's pretty funny. Ryan, like what is your overall takeaway from this piece of it? Uh, as OPB does their reporting 
And there's certain information about this investigation the Blazers undertook as that stuff comes to light. What is sort of your bottom line takeaway from all of this? Well, I mean, if you're going to ask if I'm shocked, if I'm surprised, not just that Neil O'Shea lied about what his process was, but that a shocking, but a very profitable and public organization was not completely forthcoming about their methods and needed and and lied to the public in an attempt to try to get a story to go away faster, only for that to come back and blow up in their face. Um <laughs> Welcome to 2021. It happens all the time. It just so happens that a lot of us as Trailblazer fans are more emotionally invested in this than say, you know, if freaking uh, oil or gas company does something stupid like this and pays a settlement to make things go away. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. This is this is sports franchises 101. You know, it's going to cost them fans. Uh, just look back at the Jailblazers era. They lost fans, sellout streaks ended, people stopped supporting the team. But as soon as they became good again, you get them all back. And so there's no, just in sports in general, not just basketball, there's not, there's no need to be held accountable by the public because it will always be a cycle of you did this, we're mad at you okay, you're good again, we love you, and we're fully on board. The, the money will be there, the support will be there, and there's not as much of uh, like this onus to own up to your mistakes or whatnot. You just, you're, they're on the rapids. They're going to ride it, they're going to hit some rocks along the way, but guess what? We're still on the journey with them, and they bank on that. I think that's a really good point. Um, and to me, the takeaway from this is that the Blazers organization, and Neil Olshay specifically, wanted to present the veneer of objectivity with an investigation. They wanted to present the veneer of thoughtfulness. And they mentioned that they had done an investigation in order to try to make people feel better about the process. It turns out that this investigation was not thorough, was not thoughtful, was not done in good faith. And I think for me, that's the big takeaway where when if you want to make a particular hire, if you would like to hire Coach Billups and you don't have any reservations about that, I think that's fine. You stand up there, you own it, you say so. But to pretend that you actually cared and that you really took your time with something and for it to come out that you didn't, I think that that does betray the trust of fans in a whole different way. And then to your point about does it even matter if the, the trust of fans is betrayed, it may matter in this way. In Portland specifically, you have more people who are becoming fans of soccer. The Timbers and the Thorns are more popular than ever. You have MLB the PDX is a big thing, you know, exactly getting a baseball team a couple years down the road. Right. And so there are some people who may want to take their interests and their wallets elsewhere. I don't have any stats on this. These stats will never be publicly available. But anecdotally, I don't know if you've seen this. There are definitely people on Twitter who are sharing emails with their Blazers account representatives canceling their season tickets. That matters. That does matter. The it Blaz does. But again, you got to remember that the percentage of people can Compared to the population that are active and on Twitter and sharing that's those kind of things is a, is a drop in the bucket. But that's what we don't know, right? Like, we don't know if the drop is like a little eye drop or if it's like a giant water balloon drop. You're right. It's going to be a drop no matter what. But that the, minute could... Chris Mc... the minute Chris McGowan speaks up about anything dealing with this, that's when you know that it's a water balloon and not a pebble. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll... He, he handles all, all of those ticket sales and all that stuff. Olshay runs basketball operations. McGowan runs 
the the entertainment aspect of it. And I you think see, but you see McGowan step up, that means that shit's getting real. Right. And and to be fair, like people like you and I can have as many podcasts as we want. The Blazers don't care until it starts affecting their bottom line. Season ticket holders is probably the number one thing that they don't want to lose. I can't imagine any other fan that has more investment than someone with season tickets, and that really will matter to them on some scale. We just don't know what that scale is. We, we probably won't ever know. But anyway, yeah. yeah. And the, the the last little bit before we move on, because this would be a good little pivot too. I mean, to me, the investigation, I don't I don't take the investigation as that they look that they were looking into is Billup's story correct? Is, you know, what was the truth of these allegations? Because because of how social media had been, it wouldn't have mattered because they wanted to hire him. All that investigation was for was to make sure that there wasn't something that was unknown publicly at the time that would come back and bite him in the ass. So, and with this investigator, um, moving on to the next part is that, uh, let me see, let me find, there we go. Like I said, Willamette Weekly did a deep dive into him. Uh, it was alluded to by Jason Quick shortly after that press conference back on the 29th, uh, that it was a former FBI agent that, that ran the investigation. And it now comes to find out it was, let me see, I'm trying to find his, oh, Stupid pop-up ad. I hate pop-up ads. Hold on. All right. It I think was, his name uh, was Dude McDuderson. D- it was uh, Dave Holman. Uh, That's pretty close. Based, based, yeah, sure. Uh, based, <laughs> based out of Roseburg, private investigator and consultant. He There's your red flag, right? Based out of what? Roseburg. Sorry, Roseburg. But that's Shots why, yeah. fired. Shots I'm fired. just saying, man. Sorry. But uh, runs a firm called the Alder Group, uh, and he had been a, he'd been a contractor with the Blazers for eleven years. If you do a deep dive into it, it, it sounds like he Alder Group is who they use for you know pre-draft prospects. If you're going to go through and vet them, background checks, you know, before you sign free agents, he's the guy who has been in charge of you know, lack of a better term, making sure that the Blazers are bringing in those quote unquote high character guys that they so crave and desire, which then makes all the crap that has come out about him since about, you know, like I said, you know, sharing not just pornographic stuff, but like very questionable pornographic stuff on it, on his Twitter feed. He has since, you know, locked it down, made it private. And like I said, after, after all this stuff came out and whatnot, uh, poor, uh, what is her name? Ashley Clicksdale or what I, the, the Blazers communication person, she's just getting thrown to the Thrown to the wolves on this, but she had to come out and make a statement saying that, yeah, in light of all this stuff. Um, oh, let, let me see. Here's a quote. Though the Trailblazers have used Alder Group for the past 11 years. So, again, that's where you can infer that that's re- they've been responsible for all the background checks and stuff. We were recently made aware of inappropriate content on the personal Twitter page of the principal of the Alder Group. The content of the Twitter page is completely unacceptable and is counter to what we stand for as an organization. As a result, we will no longer be using their services. So, yeah, I it's the one thing they've done right out of all week. It's the one thing they did right. Kind of. But it also I mean, tell me maybe I'm off base with this. And so you can rein me in to me. This what really I'm here for <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, this really smacks of Neil Olshay will be happy to point the finger at literally anyone who is not Neil Olshay, whether or not they've worked with this group for 11 years, in my view, is irrelevant. You're making a judgment call specifically on the vetting of Chauncey Billups. Mm -hmm. This is something that is more important, that is more heightened, 
than whatever normal processes you go through, as Olshay said himself during the press conference, that they went above and beyond what they usually do with hires like these. And that is reflective of Neil Olshay's poor judgment. I get that maybe it's a little bit tangential. I get that maybe, like, I, I don't actually expect Neil Olshay before he started this, like, I'm going to go check this dude's personal Twitter account. That's not what I expect. But well, and, I, at 11 years, that's a hire that predates Neil. Right. It's a hire that predates Neil. But again, like, as you continue to use a particular service, you are kind of reaffirming your trust and confidence in them in some way, shape, or form. But my point is, let's just say that Neil Olshay, the Portland Trailblazers, almost certainly had some directive that they gave this person, that they gave the Alder group to say, here's the kinds of things we want you to look into. And so if their investigation wasn't very good, I do ding them for that. I also ding them for if they want to continue to work for somebody who's very public. I just think it's ironic. Their public Twitter profile. This doesn't take an investigator or a reporter to look at this dude. It came from what? Like the Rip City Reddit? So now yeah. we're, have, we're outsourcing our investigatory Actually, functions to Reddit? It was a Philly 76ers Reddit. Oh, was it really? Okay. Well, it was shout a, out to it Philadelphia. Was, it, it was a Philly fan that hopped into the Rip City Reddit thread. I just think at some point, if you are depending— They're, they're betting for the Ben Simmons trade. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just think at some point, your organization— Let's say that you're about to undertake an important investigation. Doesn't it make sense? Like, okay, should we continue using this group? Should we look at them a little bit more closely before we let them go and begin their investigation? Like, that's the thing is like, this is just basic organizational incompetence. And I do think they deserve to be dinged for that. Again, not that Neil O'Shea should be checking everyone's private Twitter himself. I just think it's reflective of something deeper. And I do think that ultimately the buck stops with Neil O'Shea, but he would never say that, admit that. And he doesn't think that. I, I, I agree with that, but what I will say again, and it comes down to because they've used the the firm for 11 years, before Billups and over that 11-year span, the Blazers have done nothing but bring in high-character guys, great community guys, high-value guys. This is the same guy that went through and vetted Stotts. This is the same guy that vetted Dame and CJ before they were drafted. You know, probably did some vetting on Nurk when they were originally looking into a trade or whatnot. There's been, for lack of a better term, there's been zero reason to question the work and the results that this firm and this person has turned over until now. So this kind of reeks to me of uh, there's just a familiarity with the work where this guy, this guy, this firm, maybe, hey, we've had an 11-year contract there, you know, we can get away with doing a bare minimum. And the organization has had so much trust in them because there's been nothing that's come up with any of the other work that he's done, at least as far as we know, that they just kind of took it at face value. That That's the one little caveat that I would give the organization. But I do agree with you that, I mean, that you shouldn't be as such a public, public figure so lackadaisical and not do like periodic reviews. I mean, us as employees in all of our jobs, we're subject to yearly reviews and finding out things that we do. You know, how many times has this contract been renewed? Like maybe they just renewed his contract like last year. I don't know. Before you do that, hit refresh, find out if there's any other stuff or whatnot. But to me, a part of this does like reek of that familiarity and that comfortableness with each other. I don't have to do everything I need to do because, hey, the last guy, the last coach I looked into was a great guy. And for the, you know, and everybody loved his character. But bare minimum, I can get away with it. Don't, I hear what you're saying. And I, I you have a good point and I, I appreciate it. 
And now let me tell you why you're completely wrong. Don't you think that there... That's it, I quit. <laughs> isn't there something about this, though, where, again, if Neil Olshay is up on the podium saying, we went above and beyond, this that's isn't... That's lip service. That's lip service. But this isn't a typical vetting. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, they knew that this wasn't going to be a typical vetting of a coach. And so then it's like, who's auditing the auditors, right? So it's like, we have... An... Should we get cyber ninjas? Can we get the cyber ninjas in here? That would be From incredible. Arizona? I Are mean, I'd done? be super down with that. Um but I, that's my point. Like, again, like, it, yes, it, what you're saying, the familiarity, ah, we can trust this dude. Like, you're right. That, that was it. That was as much as they thought about it. And that was wrong. And that's incompetent because when you have something that's this, this hot and this important, you have to have extra sets of eyes on it. Look, like, this is not quite the same thing, but in my work, there have been times where we have, you know, I work for, I've worked for various government agencies. We've had to release something publicly and in the normal course of events, you look at it, you have staff look at it, you know, maybe you run it up to your supervisor. Does this look good? Okay, great. We know when there are times that we have something that's of particular interest, of particular importance, of particular public concern. So you know what happens then? You look at it much more closely, much more thoughtfully, much more diligently. And they didn't do that here. And that's what they should have done. That's what any competent organization, whether it's government, private, I don't care. That's what they would have done to say, we have this very important investigation we need to, we need to do. We're telling people we're going above and beyond. Let's go ahead and take a peek at the people who are running this thing first. Okay, they look good. Okay, now go do it. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I just, I, I think that, again, it's, they didn't really, they didn't really care. They didn't care. Yeah. They wanted to say that they had done something. That's about as far as it went for them. In my personal opinion, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, and part of that does play into Neil O'Shea being a narcissist in, in which no. he, he fully- He's the most humble man on earth. Dude, you're high. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, I believe in his heart of hearts, thought that for some reason when he got up there and said- trust us and we did this thoroughly that he probably walked off the podium and was like you know what great job guys yeah uh, I, I, I he was I like i we, nailed that we stuck the landing you know i think we really handled this and you know now we can just get into talking about you know how to coach a basketball game and went and had a latte and went for his daily walk around freaking the lake and lake oswego my goodness okay so so there's that and now we're we're trudging towards the end. Now we're of now we're trudging towards week. the the heart attack that everyone had as of yesterday. It was a I will admit it was a horrible day to start my my work week. Uh, it was funny because I got the email notification because uh, from knowing Henry Abbott, I get a free subscription to to his True Hoop thing and his Substack. So it, I got the notification that it was in my inbox. And I'm not used necessarily to seeing a lot of Blazer stuff in there. You know, he had the, he had an article, you know, talking about Jody Allen and the Allen estate and, and all that here a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I didn't read that until later in the day. And so then this one came across, it was just like, oh, True Hoop. And I, I just swiped it off. And it was probably about 15 minutes later that Ryan Green text me the screenshot and he's like, did you read this yet? And I just read the little subheading of sources close to Dame say that he will be demanding a trade in the next couple of days. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm literally <laughs> driving down the road. I'm 10 minutes away from work. I'm trying to finish up this job site. Everybody's in a crunch. I probably wasn't the most productive worker I could have been yesterday because it's just like death scrolling Twitter just to find out what's happening, who's saying what. And for one, God, I feel old because I didn't realize the amount of people 
that are currently involved in or that care about all this stuff that thought this was just some no-name reporter trying to make a name for himself. It's Henry freaking Abbott. Not wild. And for, and for everybody he predates Twitter. Him and Bill Simmons are probably the most influential people in basketball reporting. Like, I will say this. Without those two and their time at Grantland and ESPN and whatnot, this medium that you are currently listening to us on or watching us on would not exist. We would not be doing the way that we are, or we would not be doing things the way we're doing it. Henry Abbott is literally considered the godfather of NBA blogs. Yeah. Helped create it. The man has a storied career. He got all the way up to vice president of the NBA at ESPN. This isn't just a schmuck. And while, you know, Dame did contradict the initial reporting, I mean, I, I reach out. Kind I tried to of. Get, I, yeah, here's, it's an example of everything can be true all at once while everybody is kind of saying different things. So you have a source close to Lillard said this. I'm sure Dame has voiced his frustrations. You know, another thing is that it was reported uh, by, by Frank Ayasola. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. But I think it's I just Ayasola, but oh well. Ayasola, yeah. Um, he's based in uh, New York. Who cares? Yeah, but he, he's he's plugged in. He he reported that, you know, Olshay and Billups were on their way down to see Lillard. Um, I don't think that they decided to hop on a plane to Vegas just because of a Henry Abbott piece that came out. I think that maybe, you know, there's Dame had said, oh, they were already going to come down here. I firmly believe that maybe Dame has been voicing frustrations. He's seen the stuff that we've started talking about. He's seen this OPB article. He's right now, he's the face of an embarrassed organization. And so I'm sure there's a phone call and i'm sure there's dame talking to you know talking to friends talking to family members and being like man if they don't get their shit together i'm asking out right. the, the, that probably got said so same same point in time he's probably also giving them the rest of the reporting and then dame's quotes he's gonna give them time to figure their shit out right and and just let's, not as much as we want <laughs> well let's and let's walk through what happened later that morning and and then we can start digging into it even more because you did have the the henry abbott piece came out and like you said he says a source says that damian lillard would request a trade in the coming days <laughs> so then you had this piece from chris haynes it was a sit down with damian lillard and clearly, Haynes had tacked on at the end. I mean, you already went through this, but just to review. He mm -hmm. tacked on at the end. Damian Lillard's also going to make comments at Team USA media availability later today. So, like, that was already out of date, like, the moment it was published. Then, I want to throw this into, I can't remember if you mentioned it. Then you had Aaron Fentress from the Oregonian saying... A, a source close to Dame says he... No, he just said an NBA source. An N, okay, an NBA source says Damian Lillard is not requesting a trade, right? So even before 12.30, 1 o'clock, or one, I think it, the, the media availability started late, so like at like 1.30, between like 8 a.m. And, and 1 o'clock Pacific, you went from a source says Dame's being traded to the sit-down with Chris Haynes to a source says Dame isn't being traded... And so now we're all kind of waiting for and, and sprinkle in there Nurk hopping on Twitter, oh, yeah. being one being one of the ones who obviously one doesn't know how to spell Henry, Henry Abbott's last name, two doesn't know who he is, and three uh, taught us at least me because I'm old taught me what put a cap on it meant or or cap on. I didn't know that meant clown or wrong, but apparently it does. Uh, you ever I heard the expression it. no cap? Uh, I just thought that meant there was no limit. 
<laughs> Basically, <laughs> no cap means I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. Um, yeah. So no, cap I, is the opposite. You're no, making stuff I, up. Uh, I am I am so far out of the lingo that it worries me for the two to three years when my kids hit teenage years. That That's I what I was going to say. Screwed. Don't you pick up some of this stuff from your kids? I'm sure some of it. Well, right now, I just got to keep up with a 10 and 11-year-old. It's two okay. to three years before I'm in trouble, and I got to brush up on the last like four years of uh of lingo <laughs> soon you'll be Dust teaching off. you'll be teaching me stuff soon enough yeah. via your kids so the the point is that you, you, we had this hectic roller coaster morning at a minimum before dame speaks i just i want to give a quick kind of gut check how i was feeling and, and i don't know what, what you thought but for me at that point i was like well this isn't great based on all of the previous reporting we had seen over the last couple months it had been clear that at a minimum, Damian Lillard was not fully happy. And who could blame him? Who could blame him? The Blazers get bounced in the first round by a team with less talent. Who could blame him? The best teammate he's ever had has been LaMarcus Aldridge, who left years ago. And I mean, mm-hmm. shout out to CJ McCollum. But so who could, who could, we can't, I can't blame Damian Lillard for feeling a certain way about this. He's 31. He's in the middle of his prime. He wants to win. No one can. So I wasn't thinking Dame is for sure going to ask for a trade, but at a minimum, I think that any reasonable person would infer from this that Damian Lillard wasn't fully happy with the organization. And here's where I'm going to bring some Twitter beef into the pod. And, or, and again, is not fully happy with the organization and continuously having to be the face of the franchise for people who kept keep stepping in it as these follow-ups and these stories come out. That's right. Exactly. So here's why I want to bring some Twitter beef into real life, into the podcast. There are a certain subsection of folks, notice how carefully I'm phrasing this, there is a certain subsection of Blazers fandom that as we speak, as of right now, as of this very minute, are doing everything in their power to abdicate Neil Olshay of any responsibility for why Damian Lillard may be unhappy. I think that is wild. I think that's off the charts. I think that no matter whether you think Neil Olshay has been a good GM or a bad GM, I don't see, even before Damian Lillard spoke yesterday, I genuinely don't understand how you can't be bothered to say, yeah, Neil Olshay is part of the problem. It seems very obvious, even before Damian Lillard breathed a word yesterday. I just wanted to get your two cents on that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to drive me nuts. I I had it ready to go and somehow lost the tab. But, you know, somebody had done some reporting, and I think it was national, may have been like Chris Mannix, could have been also been Sean Hyken again. Or uh, or Eric Gunderson, one of those three. But they were talking. They were talking, you know, the other week about how Neil O'Shea and how he feels about his job uh, as the Blazers GM. At the drop of a hat, I mean, he think he always refers to Portland as like the podunk town. Like when he sells us on uh, yeah. free agents don't want to come here. Well, it sounds like he's not maybe the best effing salesman for the city when he hates it himself. You know, and that's it's even hard to be a him. good spokesperson for something that you don't like. Yeah. And that's even with him living in the rich, affluent version over in Lake Oswego. You know, he considers it a podunk town and he'd be happy to get fired so he can go parlay this into some higher profile gig in New York or freaking L.A. or whatever. So great. That's not the best salesman that you have for this. Um, 
And then let's see, what was the other conflicting thing? Oh, the other little conflicting thing about Neil O'Shea too is, you know, you had Sean Hyken come out the other day and he said, you know, uh, since that OPB article came out, uh, I'm getting from conversations I've had, you know, his job is way less secure now than it was 48 hours ago, which then that subsection of Twitter that you want to reference or whatnot, there was parties of that that threw on and, and decided to say like, this is just local media creating a stupid narrative to 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 vindicate their opinions and whatever. Uh, at which point then they latched on to Jason Quick when he's like, eh, I've kind of heard the opposite of that. He's pretty solid and firm in his in his job security, which again, this is a case where both things can be true because he's probably securing his job right. security because he just signed a contract extension. And again, the Blazers are already paying a coach to not coach. Now, do you want to pay a GM to not GM while paying for their replacements? You know, another part of his job security is that coming up that if there was going to be the time to make the move, and I've said this before, it would have been before the coach got hired because GMs like to bring in their own guy. If a GM, this is, this is not the time now to fire a GM as much as some of us may want it and trust me i will help him pack if the day comes but i wouldn't help him pack i'd get him to get someone else to pack for him well, i'm not gonna okay, help him fine, with that fine by help him pack i mean i'll throw a shit out the second story window and he can pick <laughs> it up his own damn self like i'm an like i'm a bitter a bitter wife who just found out her husband's cheating that's <laughs> i'm not bubble wrapping that dude's art not doing i'm it. not bubble wrapping it either i said embittered wife that just found out her husband's cheating you get that stereotypical throw it out the window so like and to your point and i think this is a good one and this is where i'm gonna take it steer it away from the hot take and into the nuance because i think it's important your point is a good one about reporting and how it works. So for the reporting about Neil Olshay is less secure in his job than he was before shit hit the fan yet again. First mm -hmm. of all, I think that's a perfectly reasonable inference without doing any reporting whatsoever. The second thing is you can have a source with Vulcan who says, yeah, yeah I think things are getting a little sideways for Olshay. You could have a second source with Vulcan be like, no, you know, Olshay is pretty solid. Both can be true at the same time. That doesn't mean that Jason Quick or Sean Hyken are making something up. In the yeah. same way with Damian one Lillard. Them, one of them could be talking to Jody. The other one could be talking to Bert. And they have two different, complete, or two hey, completely different opinions. <laughs> yeah, <Birdie>. so <laughs> they, and much in the same way that Henry Abbott could have a source close to Dame saying, yeah, I think Dame is going to ask for a trade the next couple of days. And then Fentress can talk to a different source be like, no, nah, I don't think he's asking for a trade. The next it doesn't mean that Aaron Fentress or Sean Hyken are making anything up. They could be that circumstances change. It could be that your source wasn't as tapped in as they thought. It could be that the source is part of a broader set of people that, you know, everyone has a different thought about something and they're tapping into or trying to convince the person of this, that, or the other. That doesn't mean that reporters are making things up. And so I really take issue with some people who are trying very desperately to frame any criticism of Neil Olshay as that's just a local reporter with an ax to grind. That is no, complete. go read them. Go read the national media. That's, that's why it's bullshit. There. Yeah. You yeah. look at any NBA analyst. Is there anybody who has breathed even a, a scintilla of a positive word about Neil Olshay lately? No, they've, Not either that I've seen. they've either avoided it or said it's an embarrassment. You have Dan Devine of the ringer who I love. Does he even live in Portland? People seem to think I that he's know. the Portland media guy. I don't think he lives in Portland. But you have Dan Devine who's been very vocal about this and, uh, and all that. Uh, you have uh, Chris Mannix putting stuff 
out for Sports Illustrated. You have these people. Haley O'Shaughnessy, Sirit yeah. Sohi, Ben Golliver. I mean, you could go down. Like, this is not Nate Duncan, uh, John Hollinger. Like, it's this is not some local Portland conspiracy that they all don't like Neil Olshay. It's because he's not doing a very good job right now. It's because the way that Neil Olshay has been handling stuff has been bad. And now it has become that the way Neil Olshay has managed the team over the last nine years is in part alienating your franchise player. And if you can't be bothered to admit that, then I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't mean that you have to hate Neil Olshay or think he's done a bad job to simply admit what's right in front of you. That's what gets me. I don't know. Yeah, and 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 there's the things too where like if you bounce back and forth between some of Dame's quotes when he had that press conference and some of the quotes that were in the Chris Haynes piece, you know, he he talks about that, you know, I've experienced everything with the Trailblazers and I've worn that jersey as a badge of honor and with a lot of pride and care. I'll believe that from Dame. Do I think that Neil O'Shea has that same or is carrying that same badge of honor in all of his Blazer pinwheel polos that he wears and and does his job with as much pride and care as Dame? Fuck no. You know, and then Dame went further on and he goes, uh, he goes, even when I'm playing well and we come up short at the end of the season, I go home and the first thing I do is look in the mirror and tell myself we didn't win a championship. Or if I didn't play as well as I, or even if I did play well, sorry. Or even if I didn't play, there's a cat. Zara, what do you think? Throw off my quote. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Or if I didn't play as well as I should have, I have to look in the mirror and tell myself that my performance was unacceptable and that I have to do better. And then you go and do better. I think that's the stage that we're at as a team. You know, not just me, not just my teammates, not just our new coaching staff, the front office, everybody in this organization has to look in the mirror because we've constantly come up short. That's first shot across the bow. Apparently, Neil O'Shea, surprisingly, I would have guessed he lived in a house of mirrors because he likes looking at himself. But maybe he doesn't have one because he's (laughs) (laughs) bro, (laughs) you know, and then you go and mix that then with with uh, with Dame's quotes from from yesterday. And here, give me just a second here. Stalwell. Oh, he said we've um, there are many teams around the league when he's asked about if the roster has to change or if it or if it was just the coaching. And here goes to the argument that Blazers Twitter has lived in for what seems like the last year. You know, there are many teams around the league who don't make roster changes and they improve. We've had so many teams in the league that a coaching change or a new voice makes things better. Look at Golden State Warriors. Get rid of Mark Jackson. Stay a relatively same roster. Get Steve Curran. Become a... Start a fucking dynasty. You know, I don't disagree. And that wasn't the Dame quote. I, that was a small tangent. He goes, Who, who's the, in that corollary, who's the Draymond Green on this team who's just like ready to bust out? Like, who's the large, all defense level guard who's playing alongside Damian Lillard? Like, I don't know. It's just, well, Draymond's not a guard, but if you want to go with that, it's the guy who just broke I was talking his about ankle. Clay it's, in the second one. Oh, oh, okay. Cause I, if Draymond you were going to go, Clay. if you were, if you were going to go with the, with the Draymond analogy, I was going to say, uh, probably the closest that you'd come to that would be the, uh, the, the tall white guy who just broke his ankle again, who the Blazers didn't extend a qualifying offer to, and is probably going to be on another team next year. Cause somebody will pay him 5 million bucks. The, the Blazers don't have the talent of a Warriors. There's no secret person who's going to come and vault them into contention at wasn't just Steve Kerr. There was no, no, more no. that went into that. So no, but, but, but that's, but that's what we're saying. Or that's what Dame is saying here. Right. Is, you know, there's, there's, there's teams around the league who don't make a roster change and they improve. There you go. Golden state warriors, but carrying on here with this quote, because this is what I feel is one of the more important quotes. There's two really important ones. And this, this one is probably number one for me. I don't disagree that Chauncey can really change our team, make us a better team. But if you look at our team as it is going into next season, I don't see how you can say this is a championship team. We just lost a, in the first round to a team that was hurt. That is Dame flat out 
contradicting Neil O'Shea's press conference of that, you know, having the 29th ranked defense and, and losing in the first round was not a matter of roster construction. Okay, so you have the GM saying this isn't roster construction. In whatever context you want to try to spin that those words into, the GM said this is not roster construction. That leads us all to believe there's not going to be major roster moves. Nurk and and CJ themselves came out through various things saying, I was told that there's not going to be many roster moves. There's just going to be coaching changes. So here's the evidence that, that this is what they got from the GM up high. And now here's Damian Lillard basically saying, that's fucking bullshit. We need something different. We need some changes. And if you don't want me to peace out, do something about it. I like I don't want me to peace out and do that thing where the person Well, disappears. we're doing video now, so I got to, you know, yeah, should no. I've done a little run off the screen. Oh, wait, no. hold on this way, this way. Oh, there that way. Go. Okay. No, that's exactly it. It's so and I appreciate your pivot into the Damian Lillard's comments because up until the press conference, we have gotten the sense that Damian Lillard wanted to see some roster changes. We had an article from Chris Haynes in April saying, quote, Lillard has not received the help he needs to win a title. We've seen that reporting repeated up until yesterday where most people would infer that Damian Lillard wanted a roster change. To your point, Damian Lillard then explicitly says so multiple times during that press conference. And I think that's pretty reasonable. I think it's, it's also re- it's also a purpose pitch because every other way that Dame has said it up until now, whether it's said it at a press conference or it came out as a quote in a story, allowed for there to be a pivot from the front office on that it was a quote taken out of context he didn't mean this we're in contact with dame we know what he wants you know dame went on to even talk about i tell i tell the front office and management what they need to know i'm being vocal with them well this is as clear as fucking day as you can get and your star player saying i don't know how you can look at this roster and think we're going to contend Try to spin that as best right. you can. You know, I I know how what, they will spin it. What, it it's going to be that our roster is incomplete. We have holes to fill. We don't have a backup center. We we, we we need to work. Well, yes, the as when he said that, we didn't have a complete roster. There were free agents that walked away. We were doing this, that, and the other. Yeah, I already know how Neil's fucking. I got my bingo card filled out for when I'll justify this. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So. Let me let's yeah, I there's so much in this press conference. What else did you want to dig into? I want to reserve my kind of overall takeaways from it until we get a chance to really drill into the things that we want to hit. For one, absolutely great that there were at least two questions that were attempted to be peppered in asking about USA basketball. Uh, and also <laughs> while we were in the middle of the heart of is he going to stay on the team and what what is his commitment level for next year and the future moving forward? Somebody asked him how they feel about Kevin Love leaving the team. Dude, Read the effing room. Save the Kevin Love question yeah. for later. Maybe get that like in a in the hallway, off the record, whatever. But you know, he he's asked on whether he's committed to the Blazers for next season. He goes, and this is the worrying thing. He goes, right now I can't say what I'm going to do. Now, for context, he is starting his max extension. He is locked in for three to four years. It is very rare. I mean, when you hear a player who by lack of a better term, signing a, a long-term extension and having that kick in, that's kind of a commitment. So when you're asked if you're committed and you say, I don't know, dot, 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 that's kind of worrisome. Um, well, it's very and he, worrisome, and it's a, it's a complete departure from everything Damian Lillard has ever said publicly about his future in Portland. Yes, and so he gets to that part, and then I feel, you know, it, it's there were so many emotions during this press conference because right off the bat, you know, he's asked how he feels about the Abbott piece. 
He says, hey, you know, woke up to the news, blah, 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 phone blowing up, whatever. It's not true. I'm not demanding a trade. We all exhale a sigh of relief. Follow-up question. I don't I, I don't know what what my decision is for the future. Okay, great. The heart palpitations are back now. You know, to then we get to the whether he expects to be in a Portland uniform this upcoming. Now here's here's one fun caveat. I, I will walk you through what he said on whether he expects to be in a Portland uniform this season. He says, yes, I, or yeah, I expect it. Hey, guess what? This season is still going on. The finals are still happening. We haven't turned the calendar year over. So yeah, he expects to be in a uniform this season because he was in a uniform this season. I, somebody no, should no, no, have, no, no, no. Hold somebody, on. I'm, I'm playing semantics here. I wanted the question asked, do you think you're going to be in a Blazers uniform next season? Because we're still in this season. I think that would, that's, that's, a, that's pretty funny. I think it is Damian Lillard knowing that he, you're right. His Supermax is only now kicking in. You know, if he wants to angle his way somewhere, he has some time. The draft has yet to happen. The, you know, we have the trade deadline. Once the season begins, you have the trade deadline at some point. Um, I think that this is just him saying that, yeah, it's more likely than not that I'll be in a uniform when the season starts, which I think is true, right? But that doesn't really cut to the concern, which is Damian Lillard going from, I'm going to be a blazer for life. I'll be in Portland forever. People who are chasing a title. He's made fun of people on social media who have gone ring chasing. And now yesterday, a a very clear, what I would call as close to an 180 degree pivot as maybe 177 degree pivot toward actually, I'm not getting any younger and I do want to ring. And I'm not, I haven't decided what I'm even going to do for this upcoming year, let alone stay my entire career here, that's such a drastic shift that even if Damian Lillard had said absolutely nothing about the roster, if he had said nothing else except that, there would be no reasonable inference other than he thinks that the roster is part of the problem because, of course, how could it not be? Why would you say those things if the only thing you had an issue with was the coaching, right? You would say... I'm great. I love the changes that we've made. I'm locked in. I'm committed. That's that's all I have to say about it. He didn't say any of those things. So yeah, and uh, yeah. and it's funny too because Olshay also in a previous press conference, I can't, I can't remember which one. If it was, I think it was his his end of season. You know, I don't. Can we call it an exit interview? They didn't really do exit interviews. I'm going to call it yeah. his exit interview. You know, when he was talking about you know, hey, we we're Portland. We've had sustained success. You know, we've made the playoffs this many years. Yada yada yada. When he's bragging about that, and then again, you have Dame coming out. Basically saying, yeah, but when he, when he drops the quote of, you know, we made the playoffs all these years. We have a great city and a great team. There are a lot of positives, but you reach a point where it's not enough. So it's it's like he went through Olshay's quotes and yes. was just like, what can I say to where he knows that this is a direct counter and I'm going to put this in the public sphere yes. so that they can make these connections like I am making right now. That's a really great point, and I, I don't mean to keep dumping on this one individual, but Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian did tweet out after the press conference that given today's chaos, here is a reminder that the Blazers finished tied for the eighth best record in the NBA, not 18th, not 28th. It's not a championship roster, but it also isn't a bad roster. And my response to that was what you just said. Dame said that a few times. He explicitly said it was not good enough for him in the context of chaos This isn't comforting in the slightest. And I love what you just did there, which is the connection 
that Damian Lillard, who is a, I would call him a master communicator, he's an incredible communicator, was there intentionality behind lifting these various phrases, these talking points that Neil Olshay has used, including recently, and explicitly rebutting them? Maybe there is some intentionality there. We're speculating, he, but there, he there only could, have, could be. He only could have made it all the more obvious if he had dropped in proprietary, bifurcate, or panacea. <laughs> that would have been, but, you know, amazing. And, and and to counter that tweet from Fentress, let's go to another exact Damian Lillard quote. Over time, you want to win it all. I want to win it all in a Trailblazers uniform, but we have to be making strides towards that. I don't know about you, but winning it all doesn't sound like making the playoffs, having the eight seed, having a six seed, just having home court advantage. Right. No, that's exactly it. And sorry for that. Sorry, that was a weird. Yeah. No, it's good. I was was reading something else about it. Um, But yes, I, I, that's exactly it. I mean, and and look, can anybody blame Damian Lillard? No. And, And what is he saying? I mean, what he's saying is not what any other NBA player who's an MVP candidate, who's in the prime of their career, who's on the other side of 30, like, That's fine. I mean, I think that it's completely understandable. Uh, We have more to get to, but first we're going to take a quick musical break just to give people's ears a bit of a reprieve from us talking. So we'll be back in just a second. Go catch a Gatorade, guys. And we are back. Uh, There's a little bit more to get to in this press conference before we wrap it up. But yeah, I like... If I'm Damian Lillard and I have a platform to say whatever I want to about the team and I know that this opportunity is coming, like even if you leave aside the fact that Henry Abbott's quote or his article came out that that quoted a source saying Dame wanted to leave, I think Dame had to pivot a little bit to kind of hit that question dead on. But I think it was pretty clear with the timing of the Haynes article in the morning and then the availability. I think that he had already been planning to, to maybe sequence that out. That wouldn't shock me. Um, you had mentioned before that Olshay and Coach Billups were in Las Vegas. Damian Lillard explicitly said that there is, quote, a conversation to be had with them, right? Like you touched on it before, like, yes, they were already there. But I also think that that conversation probably is not like the ones that they've had in years past or is different in which, some substantive ways. Which, God bless Jason Quick for giving us some of the one of the more humorous aspects of that little thing when, you know, uh, have you spoken with Jody? Have you spoken with I Neil was or whatnot? Ju- ah, and, I was and, just and, about and to I'm, hit that. I'm stealing your thunder. but And he goes, yeah, I've spoken with Neil and I've spoken with Jody. And he's like, have you spoken to Jody one-on-one? And he just kind of has like this weird little chuckle and he just goes, you know, I've spoken with them. I don't them. know why that matters. The, the conversations that have that have been needed to have, I've had. Uh, I'm just going to say, uh, uh, let me, here's, here's wild he, speculation. It, conspiracy like a- hat no here's wild speculation conspiracy hat right here uh jody allen is a weird billionaire who likes to import giraffe skulls and sexually uh, uh harass her employees dame's an employee he's just afraid to be in a room alone with her i think that i think it's <laughs> it's funny to me because like the way that jason quick asked that question and and damian lillard's response was this like sheepish kind of chuckle You could see, like, that was the one time during that press conference that 
Damian Lillard's professionalism had a crack in it. And I don't blame him because it is, I mean, that's like a, that is a tough follow-up. It's like, well, have you, have you talked to their one-on-one? We all know what that means, right? We know what yeah. it means when the franchise. It was a, it, yeah, it was a big deal when he had his one-on-one with Paul Allen, what, back in 2017 or something like that, I think it was, you Couple, know, a little yeah. bit before his passing. The, you know, that, we was, know what that, that means. was big headline news. We, we know that that's the franchise player wanting one-on-one time with the owner to talk about the performance of the general manager, Neil Olshay. So yeah. obviously when Jason Quick asked the question, have you had one-on-one with Jody Allen, Damian Lillard is smart enough to know what that question means. Like there are some people who may just, they would hear that question and they'd be like, oh yeah, we've talked one-on-one. And then later be like, oops, I realized what I just said. Yeah. Damian Lillard, he chuckled. He was sheepish about it. And he's like, I don't know why that matters. Like, yeah, of course you know why that matters. Like you have, also, we all know why also- that matters. The reason that he didn't say yes or he didn't say no and he pivoted like that is because I'm more than willing to bet that no, he hasn't because I stand by my theory that Jody Allen could care less about this team outside of what the balance sheet looks like and what the eventual sale price can look like. I actually she does. She does not give one flying iota about the team's performance if they're relevant which the blazers have been they've been in the playoffs so she she is seeing playoff income on the books you know maybe not over the last you know year and a half as much as they normally would due to the pandemic and whatnot but she's playing income on the books you know and it's and again like if neil o'shea hadn't been fired after that uh after that exit interview press conference in which i I think uh, Sean Hyken had said that uh, if that was Paul Allen still alive and running the team, that exit interview from Olshay would have got him canned right then and there. Right. But then he cares. Jody Allen doesn't care. And so when people are calling for where's Jody Allen in all of this, what's ownership doing? Ownership is signing the checks and making sure that they're not losing money hand over fist. So I, I think that's that's an interesting take. I actually had a different opinion on that. I thought it was because Damian Lillard had, in fact, met with Jody Allen one-on-one. And I think that he didn't want to let that he, slip because he knew people would run with it. He had no problem admitting it when it was with Paul. And Olshay was still the GM then. I don't know. I, so that's my take. You could be right. Here's why, in my view, in this kind of... Is, you got a tweet out there saying I'm always right. So I'm just going to stand uh, I should have... Uh, I regret saying that already. But it, this can kind of pivot maybe into our, our big picture takeaways from this press conference. Because when I think about... That specifically, whether or not Damian Lillard met with Jody Allen, whether or not it matters, I think about what leverage does Damian Lillard have because he is entering the first year of a contract extension that holds him under contract until 2024. So Mm -hmm. using that alone, you would say, well, he doesn't really have much leverage at all because whoever trades for him will have him under team control for a while. That ignores a lot of different intricacies about how the NBA works, how much power players have, and how much it matters if a star player, an MVP candidate, has a really bad experience with the franchise. That can matter to other players and agents. Damian Lillard is not just your typical NBA player. He has endorsement deals with Adidas that number into the hundreds of billions of dollars. This is one of the premier athletes in the NBA his opinion about this stuff matters, and it also matters if Damian Lillard, and this is basically my takeaway from the press conference, I think what he was saying essentially was, I'm going to make public my thoughts a team needs to be better, and this can go one of three ways for Jody Allen specifically, and this is why I think he has met with her. He can either say, look, I want to win right now, so we take that at face value, he wants to win. Jody Allen could say, great, we're going to make changes, we're going to build a better team around you. 
And Damian Lillard's like, I'm on board for that. I do. Want, I, I believe him. When he says he wants to retire in Portland, I believe him. I think this is not easy yeah. for him. I think he wants to stay. Yeah. I really do. Like, to me, this is somebody who's doing everything they can to stay, not doing everything they can to leave. So, Jody Allen, I'm on board. I'll make changes. Damian Lillard, great. I'll stay. That's option one. Option two, hey, Jody, like, do you, are you comfortable just with a playoff team? Okay, I'm not about that. Trade me quietly. Tell me the truth and trade me quietly. I will facilitate it. I will speak well of your organization as you as an owner. It's going to help the valuation of the team. I will go quietly. Option three. By the way, right now I like option two because that is something I have always maintained. I think I've said it on this pod before. If Damian Lillard wants out, we won't know about it until the day it happens. Right. And that would be best for a lot of different reasons, including the value you get back from, including the reputation of the team, which I think does matter to the organization and the owner who is trying to sell this franchise. Option three Jody Allen can lie and say, yeah, damn, we're doing everything we can to win for sure. Right. And then do nothing to actually improve the team. At which point Dame is probably going to be like, you bullshitted me. I'm pissed. I'm now going to make a stink. You're not going to get much value from me. I'm going to force my way somewhere. I'm going to talk shit about you and your organization. I'm going to talk shit about your ownership group. I'm going to do whatever I can, use my power as a player to hurt the value of the team because you lied to me. This is me speculating. I, there's no reporting here. There's no nothing. Yeah. I'm just saying I think it's one of those three. They well, try to it's win. definitely not the third. That goes against everything in his character. That's the thing, though. I don't and think his it loyalty does. brand. And I don't his loyalty think it. I th- hey, it's like Dwight Schrute said, I am loyal to whoever is most loyal to me. And it's kind of funny and it's sort of a joke. But at the same time, if someone is disloyal to you, how often, you can, how much, how much are you supposed to give yourself you to? Can, but Dame doesn't strike me as the type like his loyalties can change, which I wouldn't blame him for. To you, but I don't think when he changes loyalties, he's going to burn the place down on his way out the door. But that's that's the card he has to play in this moment. That's at least what he has to because he doesn't have any leverage with this contract. So he has to say either you're straight up with me. And I'll go quietly, or you can build around me. But if you bullshit me, if you waste another year of my prime, I will make this hard on you. And I think that that is that's the only card he can play right now today. Whether or not he actually goes through with it, if that were to happen, is another story. But my point is, I think it behooves Jody Allen. She's a shrewd business person. Vulcan is a successful business. I don't know how much she's actually had to do with the day-to-day operations of the company, you know, but my point is that at a minimum, she has people around her who are competent enough to run a giant company. Okay, I don't know. Like, say what you will about giant corporations. And she... She she wants... I said they're evil. She wants to make money. She wants to make money, okay? Mm -hmm. She wants to sell the team for a lot of money. She doesn't want to lose money. And if Damian Lillard has any influence, if there's any pressure points he can push against to harm that, she ought to be mindful of that. And that's why I think that is the card that Damian Lillard has to play. Well, and and I agree that this is all, you know, for lack of a better term, I, I had one of my buddies that summed it up best. He goes, all of this just strikes me as Damian Lillard is driving the car. He's the dad that's turning around in the back seat and going, don't make me pull this thing over. I'll do it. I'll do yeah. it. We'll turn around. But the one thing with it, and and it's kind of something like, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, they can't just trade Dame anywhere. They got to get him to sign off on it. Nobody in the league right now has a no trade clause as far as I'm as far as I know. Now, there are ways to structure a contract. And I was talking about this with uh, Steve DeWald earlier when I was on uh, in his green room for the Blazers breakfast. You know, there are ways to structure a contract to where you make it so that it kind of has the player has to agree as um 
Dames isn't like that. There's not a no trade clause. So there is a possibility where if you look at this, from that ownership value standpoint, um, normally a new owner wants to come in, he'll take on kind of a rebuild, make the team in him in his image. There is the one danger of that. Dame's not going to get traded to a championship team where there is a Dame size hole in the roster. You could be looking to go in at the freshly rebuilding Oklahoma City Thunder who decide to send you a whole bunch of picks that will still hold value because now it's a, a, a team of cast off and just Damian Lillard, you know, that will you'll get some lower value picks for this. You know, there is, and that could be appealing to an owner. Oh, you just you get, I bought a new team. I bought it for this price and I get to rebuild it on the cheap with all these new draftees that may make it appealing. So there, there is an aspect of being careful. You're not, you know, also, by the way, there's going to be no Kuzma and two first round picks to get Dame. Just shut the hell up. Lakers. Fans. <laughs> it's cost. It's costing It's costing you an arm and a leg, but Dame is expensive and it will be a buttload of picks that are going to be a rebuild or it's not going to happen. This, and this is where it's tough for me to think about, where the leverage for Damian Lillard comes from in this moment, because if it isn't the threat of being uncooperative, then I'm not sure, you know, what he has again, besides like the, the telling other players and agents and reputational stuff. And, and that does matter. But in my view, I don't think that again, the threat of Damian Lillard not being cooperative, whether it's with this team or a future team that, that were to trade for him, that he has to be propping that up because what other leverage does he really have? And I'm not saying Dame is this kind of person, but we have seen examples in NBA history of players who have moped, who have quit, essentially, Hard, right? Harden getting his way to the net, showing up fat and not caring. So, Granted, I don't not, think Dame will go that far. but Maybe not, but some version of that, that, that is leverage that players have used in order to get an outcome that they want. And I think it's silly to assume that Dame would just leave that power on the table. He at least has to acknowledge that he could do that. And the threat has to be legitimate, right? In order yeah. for it to mean anything. So the Blazers are in a very tough spot. I mean, to me, it seems pretty obvious what you do here. To me, you try to trade CJ McCollum for something that fits better around Damian Lillard and do everything you possibly can to beef up the roster. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I think that's your option. Like, yeah, this, I, like that's, this is your prove it home run swing. You, right. This is, you got to prove to Dame that you're going to take the frickin' you're going to swing for the fences. And as you said, yes, give more of a shit than you've given in the past to put something good around him. And as I have been demanding to balance the roster out, you know, if all they do in this offseason is somehow convince Norman Powell to resign, you've you've done jack squat. And I think it's, by it's the way, gotta be more. It's gotta be, it's you gotta get him the balance he needs. And it's kind of funny, I will say side bit of tangent dame decides to go and play team usa basketball because he wanted to get the bad taste out of his mouth from the from the playoff loss you know and go enjoy just being one of the guys and not having to carry a team uh yet he's had to carry team usa basketball this whole time he's got the same damn stress and then tie on all the embarrassment going on with the team but anyways right no i yeah that, that that's that's fair i wanted to point out 
that I sent up a poll earlier this morning and Ooh, love the super scientific Twitter polls. Oh yeah. We got over a hundred responses. So, you know, it's statistically significant. Two of those are mine. And I said, when will Damien, when will the Blazers trade Damian Lillard? I gave four options before the draft, before the trade deadline, next off season, and never he retires here. With 100-plus votes, uh, the winner is uh, he retires here. 56% of y'all think that he is not going to be traded. I that think is That is one of my votes. That is one of my votes. The, that's the, a, my, my other one was for a different one. That's fair enough. I think that that is – I want to believe that. I do want to believe that. The, the, the second most votes, the 38%, was, was next offseason. From where I'm sitting, that seems that like the most opinion. reasonable outcome, which sucks. Um, and then with 5% before the trade deadline and 1%, probably one vote before the draft. So most people in this very highly scientific poll don't think Dame's going to get traded. And then the other big chunk of people think he'll be traded not this year, but next, which is what I... I mean, those the, the two strongest possibilities. He's oh, it's, man, it's, it e- it's either because the options on the table before the franchise right now, prove it to your star player in the face of your franchise that you can put together a championship team or championship contending team, which at that point he doesn't leave because he is on a championship contending team or don't. And then he wants to leave. Cause I mean, that, it, that's it. And here's- I, I, I I've said this many times, many times, and uh, I'm going to eventually get it on a t-shirt so I can wear it. Right now, Dame is asking for Neil O'Shea's give a fucktitude. He wants to know where his give a fucktitude lies. And Jody Allen's, right? But which again, it's like if not uh, even caring about hers. An honest conversation about like in your wanting to sell the team or the value of the team is just making the playoffs good enough. Then please trade me. Like I I think that that's where Dame is, and I don't I don't blame him. Um, So yeah, I, I just. It's tough to even, like, we're at this point. I do think that we will know more after the draft. Things tend to happen around the draft, and and we'll get a better sense of what the team is going to look like next year. Here's the scary part, though. I think that we will know, based on the moves the Blazers make, whether Damian Lillard will be traded sooner rather than later. But even if they make moves that kind of look like they're really going for it, if the Blazers don't perform well in next year's playoffs, if, if some fluky injury happens, he's likely to leave anyway. So, so we're going to Blazers fans buckle up for some anxiety. We're going to be in this weird interstitial space of not really knowing what Dame is going to do at a minimum through next year. And, and maybe for the rest of his career, maybe it's a, maybe it becomes a, year by year thing that we're doing this song and dance even if the blazers are highly successful they let's say best case scenario chauncey billups is this just incredible earth-shattering coach and they make good roster moves and they overperform expectations and they make it to the western conference finals and maybe they even sneak into the finals like wow this is incredible i think it's very likely even in that best case scenario that we are having similar conversations as to this every year forever as long as damian lillard is here can we just book, kind of a can we just bookmark this and release this next summer? I will set up an save, out, us, save us a weekend. I will say I'll set up an Outlook calendar recurrence oh. uh, every year on this date. Uh, yeah, as, as a, a former admin assistant, I'm very familiar with the difference between an Outlook calendar series and an Outlook calendar occurrence. Um, <laughs> and we're talking actually about a series here, so multiple of them. Yeah, so I think we're going to have this conversation basically forever now, which sucks, but that's where we are. And again, I think, you know, I, I don't blame Dame. I think he's earned the right 
to have this much power. And this is the first year that we're seeing him really flex it. And you know what? Good on him for it. I'm fine with it. So uh, Brandon, the hair candidate, sent me, we'll end on this. Uh, he sent me this when the three of us are all having our panic attacks collectively together and, you know, in, in the text thread. But uh, after it all was said and done, he goes, here comes my crazy conspiracy theory. Here's my two cents. There was so much backlash with the coach that nobody internally expected it. And, put, and, and it put a lot of negative attention on the organization. Now, after a storm of just massively conflicting stories, we no longer care about the coach and more about making Dame happy. Now, <laughs> Neil and Jody Allen have a clear runway to quote unquote, satisfy the needs of Dame to create a championship team. Once this is all done and the team is solid, we have a new coach. Neil looks like the hero and all is good. It's funny because like, I, I love it. I think it's a, it's a wonderful conspiracy theory. And I, I you know, shout out to anybody who shares the best name, but this could have been avoided in large part by just handling the coaching search differently. Like you could still have, a clear and runway way, to do all those things without having to go through all this. With that, we don't just mean if you would have just hired Becky Hammond, it would be all good. I yeah, mean, not, there'd be, not that. There, there'd, be, there'd be less negative. Again, we're no longer on the Chauncey Billups was a bad hire for X, Y, and Z. We're now on stop being an inept organization right. and showing it to us at every turn. They'd but, still be in an inept organization. They just would have hired a different candidate without a po- problematic background. We would experience. like we would like to treat the cause, not just focus on the symptoms. Yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah. I, I'm sure that um, Cassie, as a doctor, would appreciate that little medical shout out. Um, continuity of care is important, and continuity of care is important with this podcast because if you care about us, is that is it? Are we there? Are we good? There, we, you're good. If you care about us, we would love for you to check us out at welikeTheBlazers.com or at Like The Blazers on Twitter. We'd love for you to hit us up with one of your subscriptions, rating, review, anything like that. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Record scratch. We didn't get to the Twitter questions. Can we just blow through those very quickly? Sure. I don't have them up, so I'm going to rely on you. Uh, I am going to pull them up because I did put something out. I put out the poll and I asked folks to sound off. And so I just I want to hit everybody who um, is participating you want to hit people? That no, 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 no. Just escalated. No, 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 no. I want to acknowledge people who uh, participate with go. us on social media. Uh, to Sarah Adams at FDE Dip. Um, this was in response to asking when the Blazers will trade Dame. Sarah Adams says, I'm guessing next offseason because I think he'll give them this season to fix things, but I don't think anything's getting fixed. That comment got a lot of likes, and so I think that means a lot of people agree with Sarah, and that is that is also, I share that view. So, Sarah, you are um, 100% correct and right in everything that has to do with anything that agrees with my opinion. No, just kidding. I, I happen to agree with that. Yeah. So, uh- I was going to say then also looks uh, next one down, you know, Kat, uh, now that I have it up, Catherine, I think it all hinges on whether or not Neil is fired. If we get someone competent, never. If Neil stays next off season again, uh, I think it was uh, the trailblazers sports illustrated account. They have their own. I think it's like all things blazers is, is what it's under. I think they came out with a piece and they were talking about, you know, why that? Yes. We all agree that Neil is not a, a good or well, not. We all there's a, me and you agree that Neil is not necessarily a good or competent uh, general manager, uh, especially recently, even though he's had good good bits in the past, but that why firing him now would be more problematic to the franchise moving forward than if keeping him. So if anybody is holding on hope that, hey, Neil O'Shea is going to get fired tomorrow, 
you're it's probably not going to happen and it, and if it if he does tank this could just be a hey get a new coach established let's see what we can do with the roster all right let him go next season and by the way the if we get someone competent part is really a corollary for the team makes good moves and so i will say this i will say as much as i do not think that Olshay does a good job in a lot of different ways if he makes the right moves it kind of doesn't matter who the person is. I don't care if their name is Neil Olshay or Spliggity Gwiggity, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If the moves that they're making are good, that is what matters. We had another one in here from Lewis Layton at Cabo Cush. Uh, they answer never to the question of whether Dame will get traded, more of a prayer as a mantra because Dame's Blazers can definitely win a championship. Yeah. I appreciate uh, the good energy. I just want to yeah. I want to signal boost that good energy. Let's yep. just put it out there. Me me at the uh the Cubby Duck 76 kind of reiterated the again it all just depends on if Dame stays or on if Olshay stays. Uh the one that I do well, I would say end on because it is the last one. But uh CG3 at Colin Glad oh Colin sure. Gladden yeah, that one. Uh, you know, he says Damon is agent are actively seeking trade destinations, but are aware that the pieces and contracts uh, on the table right now would not land him with another contender this season unless someone pulls a big move. So it's better for him to sit and wait the season. That kind of ties into what I was talking about to where, you know, you could force your way out, but you just may end up in Oklahoma City like Chris Paul was last year and just kind of, you know, buoy a team to an ace spot and you know the blazers get a buttload of picks for you dame honestly dame is in a tough spot he is because even if let's say the blazers wanted to fulfill his you know whatever fantasy of team he wants to go to the other team has to agree even if the blazers are like we're going to get ripped off on this deal in order to do dame a solid they're not going to do that but even if they did do that the other team has to agree to it and damian lillard is 31 he's not getting any younger dame waiting a year is wasting like one of the last two or three years of his prime prime so mm-hmm. dame is in a tough spot um Thank you all for and, the questions. We appreciate you and, again. Find us at all, the, oh, go. Yep. Sorry. For all Knicks fans that keep saying that, you know, they can just absorb Dame, Dame's contract and the Blazers can get a $40 million trade exception, you can all just straight go to hell. <laughs> now you can bring us out. I agree. Now, but now I got Zora on. So I've had both both cats on the pod today. Both Zora and Zora, very good cats. And I need my dog. Where's my dog? I know. Grab oh, your dog. You can find us at no, welikeTheBlazers.com, like the Blazers on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe. Find me at Goldner PDX. Find that dude at the Witty Ryan on Twitter. And that's about it. Thank you all. Hopefully, the next week is better. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Blazers. Don't, and don't watch Space Jam too. <laughs> Why not? All right, go Blazers. Go Blazers. What's your problem with Space Jam? It's horrible. You saw it? Oh, okay. Why didn't we yeah, talk about that? Uh, Whatever. I Maybe next I, time. Yeah, no, I because uh, I I don't leave for work until six thirty in the morning, but I'm up at like three forty five, four o'clock. So I had enough time to fit the movie in yesterday before my day started. Oh my god! Holy moly! Uh, okay. The recording has um, stopped.